On today's show, the Dallas Mavericks get a big win against the Atlanta Hawks through all kinds of mitigating circumstances. And I'm not going to waste any time on this one. I have to apologize that you felt that he should have played more. We'll talk about that and how Jason Kidd is a player's coach and what exactly that means. We learned that in this game. We'll talk about that. And the trade rumors, the Karis LeVert trade could have meant something for the Dallas Mavericks. Talk about that on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks I don't believe you shouldn't be here. Welcome, you are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you can watch us right now. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And joining me, as always, my co-host, writer, contributor at Mavs.com, the fouled out ornery. Ogre, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? It was written in the hieroglyphics that the Mavs would win this game. Um, I, I just I want to start off real quick. Serious note. I just we need to offer our thoughts and prayers to Trey Young. It was it was a very difficult foul. <laughs> it's a different direction. I thought you were going. Um, <laughs> it was. It was just a hard hit on him tonight. He slid really. That stuff really should not far. be in the game. That stuff that should not be in the game. What Luca did to Trey Young there. I don't understand how they don't, you know, how Luca stayed in the game after that. How it wasn't a flagrant two. I mean, Trey went from getting fouled at the free throw line and he ended up in the logo. And I just I was surprised by Luca's hard foul. And I just I, I'm really thinking about Trey tonight and um lifting it up for him. The Dallas Mavericks get the win 103 to 94 without Chris Porzingis and Tim Hardaway Jr. against a fairly healthy Hawks team. The Hawks only missing, um, you know, Lou Williams, Sharif Cooper, and Jalen Johnson. So that, those are not huge contributors for them. A massive, massive win for the Dallas Mavericks for several reasons. Luca, Jalen Brunson, and Trey Burke all with five fouls in this game. Every single Mavs point guard had five fouls in this game, and uh, we'll we'll talk about all that and break all down what it means. We'll also talk about. The rumors and the actual trade that went down. That Karis LeVert is heading to the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Pacers are clearing up some space. And we'll talk about what that means for the Dallas Mavericks later in the third segment. But let's start here. We hear a lot about a player's coach. You know, we hear about that in the NFL a ton. There's a bunch of a bunch of coaches available or a bunch of coaching vacancies. Like, oh, they're going to hire a player's coach, right? They're going to hire a player's coach. Jason Kidd has been lauded as this player's coach. Damian Lillard wanted him in Portland. LeBron wanted him in L.A., and they, they opted not to go for him. Player's coach is said so often. What does it actually mean? I think in this game, and we've been learning over this, the, over this year, but we've learned in this game specifically what it means to be a player's coach. Luka Doncic gets his fifth foul you know, within, what, a minute of the third, minute of the third quarter starting. Jason Kidd takes him out. Jalen Brunson gets his fifth foul. About six minutes and 21 seconds left in the third quarter. He takes him out. The Mavericks go on to win this game. They keep their lead, basically, through that third quarter. And this team was, I felt, inspired. And this team was was ready and prepared to, to hold on to that lead. And uh, I thought it was a great win. 
Yeah, Luca has, you know, three fouls there at the end of the uh, second quarter, and, you know, going into halftime. And, you know, he, you know, Trey steps in front of him. He gets the offensive foul. It's his fourth foul there. And, you know, with like 40-something seconds left in the half. And you're like, you've got to be kidding me. But, you know, kid left him in there. He, he showed trust in Luca. He's like, hey, I'm going to leave you in here. Yep. Obviously, like you said, you start off the third, and that happens. And it was just – then, I mean, it was just a ridiculous play, you know, like – you call that that foul. I didn't, you know, in the time in that in that moment, I didn't have an issue with him not challenging it, right? Because yeah, for me, I'm I'm looking. I'm like, there was contact. So like, the ref and like overturning the the call. There, like, there's no way of like, hey, we're gonna overturn it because you fell further and you fell down harder. Like, and it looks like a flop, and it was 100 percent a flop. But there was at least contact. Like they could overturn if there was no contact. There was contact. He just sold it, and you know he's gonna get an Emmy for it. But that's, you know, that's just part of it. But Jason Kidd, so Luca gets a sec, and then you know he's out. Brunson's out, and like in that moment, I'm like, kid loves this. Right, like, <laughs> I and I was, jo- yeah, I was joking with you before. Before I'm like, I get a little like Bill Belichick vibes from him. Sometimes I'm like, he is weirdly probably over there, kind of like low key excited about this because this is a moment to kind of like flex his coaching chops a little bit. Now it's like kind of against you. You know, you're playing five versus eight, and let's do this. Like Luca Brunson's out. I want let's win this basketball game. I'm gonna put Trey Burke in, do the kind of some of these weird lineups and all this stuff, and like. It would not shock me if like kids telling his coaching staff and people like around him right now, he's like, this is my favorite win because it was such a weird, funky win. It was just a weird, weird game. And they pulled out the win and he's probably more proud of this team tonight. And just him. I I just feel like he's like weirdly really excited about this. Personally, I I wish you would take that same mentality against like the magic and the thunder. Recently, when the when the Mavs got lost to them, but I completely agree. I think that he really relishes in this. And we heard um, a comment of Jason Kidd's after someone asked him if he was considering Reggie Bullock. You know, Reggie Bullock had an incredible game in this one. We'll talk about him. But Reggie Bullock had a great game, and someone asked, "Are you considering starting Reggie Bullock?" And when even when Maxi and and Chris Porzingis come back from injury, and he shot back quickly and looked right at the camera, right down the lens, right down the lens of the camera, and said, "Ooh." Everybody is a starter. And he, he he maintains that. And I think it's the, you know, the next man up mentality. But I think that statement, I think, gives us a glimpse into he is he's inspired every single one, every single player on this team, or or at least instilled confidence in every single player on this team. Uh, we've heard it from Reggie Bullock. We've heard it from Jalen Brunson. Even tonight, Callie Kaplan asked Brunson if he talked to the coaching staff about when you got your fifth foul, did you talk to the coaching staff about when you should go back in? And he said, no, I trust them. They put me in a position to succeed. We've heard multiple players on this team laud this coaching staff and talk well about this coaching staff saying they put us in positions to succeed. You know, we know that they're for us. They instill confidence in us as shooters, that terrible stretch at the beginning of the season when none of the shooters were hitting anything. They instilled confidence in those guys. You can see that in this team. And I think this is what a player's coach is. They instill confidence in the entire roster. They instill confidence in, you know, the 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 Josh Greens to come in and have an impact. The Frank Nilakinas to come in and have an impact. Even if they hadn't played in maybe the five games before that to come in and play like that. Now, it's not a foolproof thing. And it, you know, obviously they lose against <laughs> teams like the Thunder and Magic sometimes. But I think in wins like this, and also probably that Sixers win the other night when the rims when the rim was bad and all that kind of stuff, I think that that this is what being a you know a player's coach can what, what being a player's coach means. 
Yeah. And even, you know, we were talking about it a little earlier of, you know, he, he didn't show much emotion during when it was just ludicrous. The, you know, the, the officiating of that this was game. Belichickian too. I thought too. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you know, one hats off to him because I'm sitting, there's like, you know, two sides you can look at, right? You're like one side, you're like, Hey, you're so calm. Hats off to you. I would be ejected so fast in this game. Yeah. Then there's another side who's saying, do you care? Why are you not mad right now? Why are you not pissed off? Like, why are you not trying, you know, to whatever? And we were joking. I was like, Rick would have been tossed, right? Like, Rick's gone from this I game. think so. Rick, Rick is just chewing them out. One, because he's pissed, but also because he wants to show the players, I got your back. And one of your things that you, t- you, know, you said when I was saying that, I was like, Rick would have did that for the players. He would have did it because he was pissed. And you mentioned, too, and you're like, yeah, but, like, kid doesn't have to prove to the players that he's got their back. Yep. And because it feels like they have this like such a tight, you know, relationship, just like a team and chemistry relationship with the coach, like you just said, with the, the trust, how many times do they reference the trust stuff to where I don't think they're questioning whether Jason Kidd has their back right now to where kids like, man, I'm just going to ride this out. We're going to get weird with it. We're going to win this basketball game. And yeah, it's just such a it was such a unique and weird win. And I think everybody's just like. Super, super happy about it, as cliche as that is. Absolutely. Uh, And coming up, let's get into some more about this game. How did the Mavericks pull this off? Why did it go so bad? Why are people lauding this win as, well, the Mavs overcame so much? We'll talk about that and explain how the Mavs got this win coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Built Bar. Coming home from the arena. I wish I had a Built Bar. Grabbed it into my backpack, unzipped it, pulled out a Built Bar. Driving home. I didn't know what you were going to pull out after you. I pulled out a, a a nice fat built bar. It was delicious. They are absolutely great. You can go get them at built.com. Built different. Not not built different.com. That probably is something else. Just go to built.com. They are built different. Go check it out. The coconut Nick brownie chunk. Is built different. Go get the coconut brownie chunk is the one I had coming home from the game tonight. 150 calories, 100, or 15 grams of protein, 7 grams of sugar. They're absolutely delicious. They're great. Go check them out. Also try the puffs as well. I love the churro puff, but the coconut marshmallow puff bar is good as well. All kinds of different flavors. Again, promo code is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your entire order at Built.com. <coughs> All right, all right, Isaac Harris. Excellent cough at the end, the end of that ad read. Sorry, guys. Shout out to the Sorry. Raccoon Squad, the uh, the day one listeners who remember Isaac's cough from, from years ago. Back in Isaac- like spring 2018. <laughs> uh, I had a cough from 2008, May 2018 to like November 2019. And <laughs> With a uh, daily podcast, undefeated. If y'all want to pitch in and buy me a, a cough button, then... Uh, they're just not cheap. I How have that. we not done that at this point? We need to. We need to get you. I a can't cough. afford it. We need to get you a stop. We need to get you a cough button. <laughs> all right, uh, let's get into this game. So the Dallas Mavericks get a win. First of all, let's let's start with this. The Mavericks hold the Hawks to ninety four points. They hold them under hundred points with a healthy Hawks team. Did you watch that second half? Because there was a stretch where I didn't think anybody was going to score. Um, it was brutal. This hot though definitely the fourth quarter too. But this Hawks team had everybody. They had their their whole their whole complement of players. They are also number two in the NBA in offensive rating. So they have been one of the best offenses. They've been on a little bit of a, a run here recently. Now they're still two games under five hundred. Now they're three games under five hundred. But this Hawks team is very Jekyll and Hyde. You know, not sure what what version of the Hawks are getting on any on any given night. But uh, coming out of the you know the Mavs held them to twenty six points, twenty four points, twenty six points, and eighteen points. 
in the four yeah. quarters, respectively. I thought that was massive for this team, this Mavericks team. Because oh, yeah. before the game, I, I was talking to Iztok Franco from um, about you know this team. and about Shout how, out to Iztok. Been yeah, in the building to, again. Been in Dallas me. this week. So a Mavs fan from Slovenia that writes for D Magazine, has written for Mavs Moneyball. He's a really smart guy. We were talking. He's like, man, I think they're gonna. I think the Mavs are gonna have to score 110 points against this team to win. I was like, you know what? You're probably right. That's probably about what it needs to be. And nope, <laughs> the Mavs scored 103 points and get the win because their defense show, shows up again. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the Hawks shot five of 25 from three tonight. 20 percent from three. I mean, it just it's brutal. And I mean, shout out to John Collins trying out for the Mavs tonight. He's like, hey, can I just you know stay in Dallas really this did. week? Um, 22 points, 18 rebounds in this game. Had some nasty dunks. Um, he was just putting on the full display. I mean, dude got hurt, you know, the game before this. And I was like, oh, he's going to be out this week. Nope. He's like, I am not going to miss the chance of playing in front of my future. <laughs> to try front out, yeah, to try out <laughs> for my future former team. But no, you know, the, Trey is such a unique player of, you know, we, we joke about him. I mean, he flops. He is so easy to dislike because of the flopping. And, you know, sometimes the trash talking wasn't doing a lot of trash talking tonight, but, you know, it he flops so much and he tries to sell so much crap. But dang it, he's so fast. Like he's so fast when like as far as dribbling, I don't know as far who has quicker handles in, in the league in a tight and, space. Right. Yes. And poor Josh Green, like <clears throat> pour one out for Josh Green, because Josh plays like like. Kid put Josh Green on 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 Trey tonight multiple times over like Reggie and some of these other guys. And I'm like, OK, well, I guess you're just trying to save the other guys, because the thing with Josh that kills me is he plays so flat footed at times to where you can't play. You can't play flat on your feet against Trey. And no. I mean, he was just leaving. Yeah. Poor Josh on that. But I thought they did a decent job on on Trey tonight. He's six of 19 from the field. Get this. I didn't know this till after the game. He didn't even hit a three tonight. Oh, six from three. Like he and he had that, you know, right side, you know, right wing crossover. He had Reggie on that. He had Josh Green on that a couple times. He had some other, yeah. you know, I think Dwight Powell as well on that play where he crosses him over and crosses forward and co- and comes and steps back and takes that three. He had that three all night and he just couldn't hit it. He just couldn't knock it down. No, and, and in the fourth quarter, that's when they switched off a little bit. They put some length on him with Dorian. You know, Reggie had a lot of moments with him tonight. Their whole, you know, feels like they got a little rivalry a little bit. You know, go back to last year's playoffs. You know, are Reggie we talking playing. about Reggie Bullock? Are we, are we going there? Oh, oh, do you want to lean into it? I have to apologize that you felt that he should have played more. Reggie Let Bullock me- <laughs> got, got a little bit of, got some uh, redemption against Trey Young tonight, I thought. Because if you remember, Reggie Bullock last year in the playoffs was tasked with guarding Trey Young in that Atlanta versus New York Knicks series where Trey Young torched the the Knicks in MSG and got the win in the playoff series. And so I think this was... And and then the first game of the season, the Mavericks play the Hawks and the the Mavs absolutely got blown out by the Hawks. And so this was a big... I thought revenge game for Reggie Bullock and defensively he was guarding Trey Young, which is what we've been talking about. And also he hit six threes. He scored 22 Mm. points. He was tied for leading scorer with Jalen Brunson. He played 38 minutes in this game. He had nine boards. He also had two assists, two steals, and he was all over the place. He was an incredibly impactful player. And I'm glad he played more than 17 minutes in this game. (laughs) How does it feel? If I could take the mic here and (laughs) put it to, how does it feel knowing that you attached your name as a media person to Reggie Bullock? And I'm asking you a question right now. 
Yeah, <laughs> fist pumping me. Here you go. <laughs> so fist pump. Yeah, this is this has become a bit for me now about uh, this Jason Kidd quote where I asked him. He only played Reggie Bullock only played 17 minutes early in the season, and it had, you know he hadn't played more than 20 minutes the first two games. And I asked him if you're considering Bullock Morris or something that's holding him back, injuries or something like that. And then Jason Kidd responds, "I have to apologize that you felt that he should have played more." And so now Reggie Bullock playing this big role has become. Uh, really viable and really good for the Dallas Mavericks. And he's now scored 20 points in four out of his last five games, which has been something we did not expect. But with Tim Hardaway Jr. out, he has been so massive in uh, in responding to what's been put in front of him. We've seen this from Reggie Bullock in the past where January rolls around and all of a sudden he just becomes an incredible three-point shooter again. And now the Mavericks are finally, uh, finally benefiting from it. And you can see the player the Mavs signed. Oh yeah, I mean he's he's better than Tim, and he makes you know half the amount of money, and he is he he is playing right now over this last stretch of games exactly like what you just said, exactly what they envisioned. He you know that play tonight, there was a small small play in this game was when you know when Trey fell down and he just jumped on top of it. It was jump ball. And he was just ripping out of Trey's hands. Trey just you know Trey tried, but there's just no like Reggie's like this is my basketball. And I was so hyped in that moment. I'm like, that that's the that defense, like his defense has been there a lot this season. We've just been waiting on the shot. And it, the whole shot thing is when they were going through this huge shooting slump as a team, we were sitting there on this pod because, hey, breaking news, we have to talk about the Mavs every single day, no matter what happens. And we were sitting on this pod and we're like, dang, how many times do we just have to stay here and say this? They signed Reggie Bullock. A 44% three-point shooter last year. Like, what else do we want? Like, he's just not making shots. But he's been this, like, he's been a good shooter his entire life. We just got to wait it out, and just hopefully he'll come around. And dang it, man, has it came around. Because now I feel like every shot he takes goes in. And I just, I love this guy. Tar Heel, love everything about him. I love his fit in Dallas alongside Luka. I want him to start. I want, he's, I want to go to battle with him in a playoff series. He's he's a guy you can have the floor on a player have on the floor like sign me up all day. We saw a couple times at the end of this game where Reggie Bullock had a big a, you know he had a, a big impact. Um, three minutes and fifty one seconds, he gets the steal one on one against Kevin Herter, and then the you know the finish on the other end that was ended up you know goaltending. Yeah, we also saw him with the you know that jump ball that you mentioned with three minutes and ten seconds left, and that moment right there that kind of swung the game because the Hawks were sort of getting back into that. We're sort of getting back in with four minutes left. Um, you know, with a little more than four minutes left, the Hawks were only down by two. And then those two Bullock plays happens, and all of a sudden the, the lead is like eight for the Mavericks. And then it got to 10 at one point. And that was a big swing moment for this game. We, we spent way too much time in this podcast before mentioning why Luka and Brunson had five, like had five fouls. These two guys got into foul trouble so quick into this game with just weird fouls. Luka was tasked with guarding... John Collins for a little bit, and so I think he got two of his fouls on him. He got one of them on um, DeAndre Hunter on a on a weird take foul where he just yeah. let him drive by him from the three point line in the half court. It wasn't even a transition take foul, but Luca's defense not the greatest tonight either. He had some really good moments on John Collins though, where you say, "Man, they can guard John Collins with Luca," but then he fouled him a couple times, and it's just like he shout can't. out to Gallo. You can't get away with that very often. But both of those guys going down, and the Mavericks really held their own in that third quarter. Luka Doncic went out with yeah. 11 minutes and 7 seconds with his fifth foul. He gets the technical there. No challenge from, from Jason Kidd. Brunson then picks up his fourth really quickly after that, and then his fifth even more quickly after that. So with 6 minutes and 21 seconds left, Brunson comes out of the game. When Brunson 
when you know when Luca came out of the game, I tweeted this earlier. When Luca came out of the game, the Dallas Mavericks had a lead, and they held the lead throughout that whole third quarter, even when Brunson had to check out. I mean, you put it this way: the last six minutes of of that quarter, no Luca, no Brunson, no KP, no Tim Hardaway. Yeah, that's the four best offensive players on the team. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, we're out. Um, but yeah, so when Luca checks out, the Mavericks drop 56 51. By the end of the third quarter, it was 80 to 76. Mm. The lead went down by one throughout that stretch. That is that is what we've been talking about with Jason K being, you know, instilling this team with confidence. Trey, Trey Burke coming in and having a, a pretty big impact in that third quarter. You also had um, who else scored in that quarter? Um, you said a I lot mean, of it. Josh a lot, it was, it was defense, I thought, that, that really led the way with that. But it was um, because it wasn't pretty. Like, I mean, we were yeah. laughing up in a press box at times like, oh, my gosh, what, what is this play? Like this spin <laughs> move, getting blocked out of bounds. Like it was so clunky because there was just there were hardly any creators on the floor. That's why Trey had to play. Now, I will say this. Trey tries his butt off on defense and he will like, I mean, shout out to Trey in 15 minutes. He got seven Burke? shots. Up. You're talking about Burke, right? Yeah, Trey. Yeah, Trey, okay, yeah, Trey I was, Burke. I was like, I don't know. If we're no, no, about. Trey Burke yeah. <laughs> tries on defense. Trey Young does not. Um, yeah. In, in 15 minutes, you know, Trey Burke had five fouls. I mean, hey. This guy's going to get his fouls, and he's going to get his shots up. Absolutely. So in that third quarter, Burke had seven points. Bullock had two threes. Dorian had five points. Dwight Powell had four points. Like they were all just, you know, getting you know getting points together, however they could, and defending really, really well. The, the Hawks went eight of twenty three. They they shot thirty five percent from the field, and uh, and yeah, that that was it. It was a, an incredible, incredible. Win for the Mavs. Incredible win for the Mavs bench, who the Mavs, you know, bench in the last game only had like six points. <laughs> they finished the game with 18, which is not incredible. But uh, the Mavericks, I, I consider the Mavs bench sometimes their non-Luca Brunson players, <laughs> non-Luca and, Brunson KP players. And what a bounce back win. Zooming out real quick. What a bounce back win. Because, I mean, yeah. these these two wins. These two, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because you have the Orlando OKC, you know, losses at home, brutal losses, and you're like, where is this headed before the deadline? We were on this podcast saying, dude, they could realistically go 0-4. Like, I'm on a four-game losing streak. Philly coming to town. And they beat Philly, which was insane. Then they win this game tonight. <laughs> and it's like, what a turnaround. And now, you know, we're what? You're listening to this on a Monday, probably. And there's four days before the trade deadline. Absolutely. And now the Mavericks are just a game and a half back from the Utah Jazz Ooh. for fourth in the Western Conference. Come up for you, Locke. Massive. They're a game and a half away from the Jazz and a game and a half away from the Nuggets who are in sixth right now. I see you, David Locke. We're coming. We're coming for you, David Locke. We're All right, coming, coming up. We're coming up. We're coming for the rumors. We need to talk about the rumors around the Karis Levert trade that actually happened today and then what it means for the Dallas Mavericks. Talk about that coming up. But before we do, Bet Online has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. You can go check it out right now, betonline.net. And check out everything they have available for you. It's the best spot for all your sports scores, news, and everything. All the lines and all the stuff you have going on. You can check out the um, you can check out the football games coming up. They have lots of props. There's actually one oh. more football game. Did you know that? Who's, who's playing in that? Not game? sure. You you know there's another football game. Cincinnati Bengals four point underdog Whoa. against the L.A. Rams. The over under point scored in that game is forty eight and a half. Forty eight and a half. Feels a little low to me. Mm. 
I don't know. Super Bowl. There's a lot of jitters. Everything. Super Bowl is tough. To, it's tough for score. It's not just football. Bet online is up to the minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, all that. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers. Go ahead and check it out. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, Isaac Harris. Thanks for making Lockdown Maps your first listen today. Go check out the Lockdown NBA channel on YouTube for the best trade deadline show that will be coming out with your boy John. John Corrales and Josh Lloyd, the GOAT of fantasy basketball. They will have an incredible show that I will be helping produce over there, so go subscribe to that channel. All right. A trade happens. Oh, we can. I guess we can't use this button. Can we use the rumor has a button for a trade that actually went down? Karis LeVert changes locker rooms on Sunday. The Pacers were playing the Cavs, and Karis LeVert goes over pregame after the trade had gone down, goes over to the other locker room, and so now we have a trade. So Karis LeVert heads the Cleveland Cavaliers from the Indiana Pacers in exchange for a protect, lottery-protected first-round pick from the from the Cavs in 2022, so this upcoming draft, as well as the Rockets' second-round pick, which is essentially a first-round pick. That is going to be really, really close to being a first-round pick. And then they said Ricky Rubio's contract as well. Rubio's out for the year, so that doesn't really matter to them. But Rubio's an unrestricted free agent, Isaac. And so this matters to the Mavs a little bit. It does, and you know when I when I first saw the uh, the layout of this um, of this trade, my my mind went to one place, and I said, "We have a new Jalen Brunson suitor." Yeah, it's the Indiana Pacers. It's Rick Carlisle. I mean, they they make this you know they make this move, swapping out Lavert's money with Rubio's expiring, and now they're freeing up around twenty something million. That we had to check with Tony East, you know, host of our Lockdown Pacers host of. Get all the details on that and, you know, fin- financial part of that. But, you know, they're going to have even Woj, you know, <laughs> I think Woj went on Sports Center after I've seen a few tweets. We're already at the arena of saying that, hey, Indiana's looking to clear the deck. You know, now they're entering they're they're entering that group of teams now, that small group of teams that's going to have the cap space. And this is something we've been saying over the past week. It's like, all right, well, how many teams actually have cap space? Well, let's see what happens before the trade deadline because there's going to be another team or two that's going to clear up space. And here's our first candidate, somebody who has connections to Jalen Brunson and Rick Carlisle. And it's a team that they're not going to be good for a while. So it's like if there's a team that's going to overspend for a good young player, it's probably going to be a team that's not maybe not going to be good for a little while. And it just would not shock me one bit. I, I get they have Brogdon. I get they have McConnell. But it wouldn't shock me one bit if they looked to tra- you know, trade off you know, Brockton sometime over the offseason. It just wouldn't shock me at all if Rick Carlisle said, hey, we have cap space. I want to go after Jalen Brunson, make him our starting point guard, and let's start, you know, let's keep on building this thing. Or so, just play both those guys. How many times did we see Rick yeah. go dual point guards in the NBA or just dual multiple guards? Rick's right? like, like, Brunson, McConnell, can I do this? Brunson, McConnell, Brogdon <laughs> is probably going to be their starting <laughs> their starting three. This like, will be De- Devin Harris, J.J. Barrett. And Yogi all over again. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, they have now Ricky Rubio's expiring, T.J. Warren's expiring, Jeremy Lamb's expiring. Miles Turner only has one more year after this year after this, and they're trying to move him. They're trying to move on from him as well. Maybe they get expiring back from him for him. Minus a bonus, maybe they move on, but bonus doesn't even make that much. So, yeah, this team all of a sudden cleared up some space, and they should be watched closely for a potential Jalen Brunson team. Yeah. Jalen Brunson playing playing really, really well. Um, they also, I think, take a, a, a player in, in the trade deadline off the board with the Cavs. The Cavs were a potential player that was really connected to Eric Gordon, 
and like loosely connected to CJ McCollum, who the Mavs have apparently made calls on and talked to the the Blazers about. But this takes them off the board. There was a you know a rumor. Here, I gotta keep hitting the button. There's a rumor that the that the that the Rockets had absolutely. They were absolutely sure they were going to get a first-round pick for Eric Gordon. So they were telling everybody, if you're going to come here with an offer, we're getting a first-round pick from somebody. Okay, what if that first-round pick was from the Cavs? Now they don't have that pick to trade. They don't have that pick to send out anymore. <laughs> maybe they could send a future one out instead of the one they have now, but th- that maybe takes the Cavs off the board or and maybe takes that, that possibility off the board. Uh, Eric Gordon's price goes down, possibly. And they're just not there for them to make a deal for McCollum or Gordon. Well, Rubio was the big piece of that. I mean, when you have a big expiring contract like that, that you can you know look at a team like Houston, you can look at the Pacers and say, all right, you got a two guard that you know makes money past this year. Let's you know swap these things out. I think you know Utah with Joe Ingles right now, they're probably looking at the same thing and saying, all right, this is our Ricky Rubio deal. Who can we go out and get? Whether it's a Harrison Barnes or whoever using that expiring of Ingles with him obviously being out for the year. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it takes, if, you know, if you're a Mavs fan, listen to this and you really want Eric Gordon and you're like, Eric Gordon's the next piece for us, then you're a little bit happier after this trade because it looks like Eric Gordon w- won't be heading to Cleveland, but there's a lot of people out there that would love Gordon on their team. It's just hard to find somebody with the right contract to trade back for him because he's making so much money. He's making, you know, 20 something million dollars, and that is hard to trade for randomly in the middle of the season. But the Mavericks do have some salaries they could send back. So yeah, we'll see what happens with that. I still I still am on the get CJ McCollum and Miles Turner and call it a day. Call it a trade deadline. <laughs> well, I, I think this does, you know, with this Pacers move happening when it did, you know, they're obviously happy with the deal uh because they didn't wait for the deadline to just say, all right, let's just see. What we could get for Lavert at the very last moment, <clears throat> what this tells me is, okay, they're going to wait to the deadline for the other guys. You know, whether it's Sabonis, Turner. I mean, it feels like Turner's going to be gone for sure. But now it's like, do they just go all in of rebuild? And now they're going to take Sabonis to the deadline and see what they can get for him right up to the last moment. So it's going to get, I think it could be a little bit more active than what people are made it, making it seem to be of that could be boring. It could be, and I don't know. We, it feels like there's always one or two people that comes out of nowhere and we're like, whoa, didn't expect that to happen. And let's see if CJ McCollum goes anywhere. <laughs> yeah, let's see if he goes anywhere. Let's see if the Mavs uh, make some kind of a move for him. We'll talk more about, about that a little bit tomorrow. Isaac will be man in the fort as I am going to be out. I'm heading to a funeral, so I'll be out for the next couple of days. But Isaac will hold you down with podcasts the next couple of days. The Mavericks play the Pistons on Tuesday, so he'll have a post-game show after that as well. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom!